Welcome to episode 237 of the F Reality Podcast. All right, folks, I've got something to admit. I've been using a doppelganger the whole time. In fact, <laughs> we all have. It's all spies and fancy toilets with jet spray for your bottom here at F Reality. And in full disclosure, we're not here right now. This is a pre-recorded episode. Ghastly, I know. Halloween might be over, but we, my friends, are still ghosts. For today's Zippy Snippy podcast, here are some teasers. Like a sick kick? Enjoying torturing patrons? Well, we've got the MR game just for you. Tinfoil hats are back in fashion for the super-powered elitists out there. And Boz also shipped some extra battery life to the Quest 3. What? Yeah, he did. But let's not forget his elves in the house either. Winding in his fishing reel, Mr. Tech will express a few thoughts about gaming life and give tips how to catch a blue whale. If you fancy detonating something bigger than a turkey, this guy Fox. And here's the crew that you know and love. She is the nicest lady anyone's ever known. She smells like periwinkles with dawn somewhere echoing in the foreground. Buses full of school children chortle with glee every time she posts a new YouTube video. Uh, really, she should wear fairy wings more often because just look at this angel. Did I say she's nice? So nice. It's the nicest deaf reality member we've ever had. Definitely going to heaven, but not anytime soon. Plenty of years to wash away all that youth. This is Adam Bombati. Hey, Adam. Here you just you know what okay before we started this recording he starts off our Skype call with hi ho hi ho <laughs> so don't let all that nice introduction fool you that's just I'm a, the best I of thought spirit. it was about me I'm yeah. in the best of spirit <laughs> sure sure uh, I gotta think doing, ahead Adam? here so oh, I um, I recently just finished, uh, I hope this wasn't on in Jose's releases, sorry if I like spoil it for you, as, as we do every podcast, I feel like. Every podcast. Um, <laughs> but I just finished uh, Vampire the Masquerade Justice, which oh. definitely is out now. The November 2nd is when the release date was, I'm pretty sure. Um, so, but I, I liked it. I feel like the, uh, I'm not going to spoil story or anything. The story was all right. But um, it's more about the stealth mechanisms. And I'm not a stealthy person. Like, I mm. prefer to go in guns blazing when I can. So the the few games that actually make me want to restart to do, like, a clean stealth run are, are pretty mm. far and few in between. But this is a good one. Um, and I, I feel like, I, I mean, we don't know what Assassin's Creed is going to look like yet. But this feels... Very Assassin's Creedy. Well, may, or maybe we <laughs> do. I don't know. Playing with the past and future now. There's I, a temporal get, flux happening this whole confused. podcast. Yes, but it, it does. Um, it, it sort of fakes open world, um, and you ha you do a lot of rooftop stuff, stealth. Like you're in Venice, so I feel like I bet you this is kind of similar to how Assassin's Creed is going to run too, where it, it feels open worldly, but it's more like you know you go to open a door and then that's a loading screen to get to another area, but you're in the outdoors. So I'm curious to see how, how close they are to each other. And if I'm right, but I will say, damn, they have, I hope that Assassin's Creed doesn't do this. The loading screens are long and annoying. There, there are long, annoying loading screens and I hate it from, Especially, from outside to inside. Is that what you're saying? Anywhere. So you go through a door. Um, well, anywhere? just if you're transitioning into like a new area or if you completed a mission, and you're going back to your main hub 
Loading screen. Loading screen. What would you play it on? What'd you play it on? Uh, the Quest Three. Yeah. Oh. But it's going to okay. be out for PSVR two as well. Or I mean, it is oh. out for the PSVR two as well. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, otherwise the combat, the powers, like there's, oh my God, there's one power where you can just, you boil your victim's blood. And so it's sort of like, it's violent, but the blood's cartoony looking, if that makes sense. Right. That makes it family friendly. I I guess. But, but you can actually, there's one power that's called cauldron of blood where you have like this, like a blood fountain that comes out of your hand because you're like sucking their blood out and then eventually their head pops off and it's it's fun. It's And you can eat rats. If you if you run out of human oh, blood, nice. you can always just pick up a rat and just go, and there you go. It's awesome. <laughs> so are you boiling their blood while it's still in them or do you yes. take it out and then in the kettle? And- well, oh, you don't need a kettle. I mean, I get that's too much work. You could just, while they're standing there, just take advantage just- of, of that. Yeah. For those who just joined, so this is uh, <laughs> this is a game. It's a, definitely a video game. Vampire the Masquerade, uh, Justice. So I I like it though. If you um, have kind of been looking for, wow. I don't want to say open world because it's it's like fake open world, right? But uh, right, it's yeah. it's still satisfying. I, I really enjoy it. Don't go in it looking for the best story ever of all time. Just go in looking for a nice, fun, stealthy, very murdery cartoon. Blood, but a lot of blood, uh, actually good time. Right. <laughs> yeah. The thing and I rats. always have with these kinds of games, and I don't know because I've not played it yet, or maybe I have. Um, <laughs> like Skyrim solves this, at least some modders solved it, is that uh, you always have adults running around, zombie games, you know, vampire games, whatever. But there's like no kids. And it's like, what? And the same thing is true for like NPCs. It's like you all, you typically have all the same height NPC running around. And it's like, is there... so? Is there var- variety in terms of your uh, targets in this game? Like, can you go on? You're basically asking, can I murder kids <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, there's no good kids because you can't murder them. That's why. But that, um, it would have been better if there was more. Of a, you basically have either uh, mortal grunts or um, immortal vampire grunts or homeless people and rats. <laughs> 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 Typical victim hierarchy, of course. So not a lot of variation, but, you know, it's interesting. <laughs> you can boil them, you can pop them, the yeah. rats, you can drop them. Well, or you can put them in a box on the streets. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you can't patch in kids now after. You just can't. That's definitely a way to end your company, right? <laughs> Fast travel. Don't, don't bring a kid's patch. That'll That's, that's not... Not good. You can get it again. Leave that to the mods. <laughs> Leave it to the mods. <laughs> exactly. But I don't think we've had much in the way of vampire games in VR uh, across. I'm trying to think of. Mostly zombies. Have we, yeah. Have we had any? Rowdy, do you know of any from years back? Vampire games? Maybe that's the next wave shooter genre. Vampire games. Really? <laughs> I've had a few pirate games. We've mm-hmm. had plenty of zombie games. But vampires. Almost zero. Mm-hmm. I hope chat See, but if is I, like... If I, if I want a vampire game in VR, it has to be like old school vampires, like Nosferatu or something like that. Like yeah. where you just creepily scare people. That's what I want in VR. Well, I mean, I there's it. probably like vampires or like varieties of Resident Evil, but not like a vampire-centric yeah. game, yeah. right? You're right, you're right. I want to turn uh, to a bat. Yeah. I can't remember. Was it Res- Resident Evil 5? <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's great. So super, super nice. Adam likes popping heads off. Um, Eating rats? Don't forget that. Breaking my heart. Yeah. Breaking my heart. Uh, next crew member is a 
buzzing bee, making honey and taking money. Large server arrays of sticky honeycomb. He's he, he's there uh, with his bee tendrils covered in gooey network transmissions. He's Johnny on the spot, and with his swarm, there's no match. Years ago, you might have caught him at Best Buy, selling you on those Radio Shack dreams. But today, he's here with us, a stalwart hero, our champion. He faced the horrors and tested karma. Reincarnation is true, because if it wasn't, Jose would be so very dead. Over to you, my man. How you doing? <laughs> yo, yo, yo. Wow. Oh, man. Excited, dude. I've been... It, it, this is probably one of the very first uh, podcasts that I get to be like, I've been doing nothing but VR. Like, hey. I have been... Oh, dude. It's been absolutely awesome. It, it, it's like the, the VR community is seeing... Uh, all of the cool stuff happening in the all-in-one headset space. And now we're wow. starting to see the momentum on the PC yep. VR side. Um, yep. I just, I wanted, I, I was something has been on the top of my head. But first things first, a uh, huge shout out to Mboka. I think I'm, I'm hopefully I'm pronouncing the username correctly. But Mbucha or Mbuka has been collaborating with the virtual desktop kombucha. team. Kombucha. Yeah, kombucha. Yeah, definitely kombucha. Yeah, M Kombucha. <laughs> so has been collaborating <laughs> with the virtual desktop team. And they actually released a uh, compositor um, called VDXR, which is pretty much a Steam VR-less OpenXR alternative. Also an alternative to the OpenXR runtime that oculus uses so it, it's it's really cool um the virtual desktop team and all these people saying you know what we don't we don't we don't want to support valve but we also don't want to support meta and they created their own uh straight compositor but the reason i wanted to bring this up is it's uh, I, my own personal test i'm already seeing a about a 10 to 12 frame uh rate difference Ooh. comparing it to standard PC VR, we're talking about just incredible margins of potential, especially this being a initial release. So um, really exciting to to uh, just get right back into VR. I actually got a viral tweet actually this week where I was actually testing it and I was able to do uh, HDMI capture uh-huh. onto an OPEC XR overlay, which, which means I, I had a Nintendo Switch actually physically connected to my capture card and was streaming oh, yeah. that using a headset. That's cool. So reprojection all across the board, something that you would expect a lot of latency. Yeah. And thanks to this uh, VDXR uh, compositor, it, it the the delay was non-existent. Uh, wait, 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 hang on. I am as usual, Jose. I'm I'm yes. completely lost in what's happening. I've heard switch, <laughs> compositor, cable. So you had a switch yeah. connected. You were capturing off HDMI, off Correct. your Switch in a dock? Yeah, so I, I had my Switch connected to a capture card on my computer, yep. and then using the playback uh, application so I can see what's on the on the capture card, I had that as an actual overlay mm. on the compositor on OpenXR. Ah. So, it, it, so it you was were basically really cool. showing it to your PC and then using PC VR? Showing it to myself, correct. And were you wired or wireless to the headset? It was wireless. Uh, I was wow. using wireless 6E. Yeah, it, it, wow. it was. it's probably one of the, the coolest experiences, being able to get a full uh, 60 frames per second without any noticeable delay in playing Super Mario Wonder, which is a platformer that, you know, uh, there's a lot of precision with buttons that you expect with these kinds of games and being able to not 
feel with the latency that I was expecting in, in, right. in, in VR has it's just huge game changer. I, it immediately started, you know, opening up so many ideas. I, I have so many like <laughs> a list of crazy tech stuff I want to do because now guy, we have guy. yeah, it, it's so cool having such a, a low layer uh, uh, XR. So um, what is the compositor's job to do that? in such a way that it's low latency and, and without it, you wouldn't be able to do this? I'm trying yeah, to understand so, where Yeah, it, so at the moment, helps. the way that OpenXR works at this very moment is the, the, the quickest way is through SteamVR, which means that SteamVR's hooks are pretty much integrated into it. That means the store, the the way it handles different headsets. Um, the realities are that OpenXR heads, act, in order for something to be classified OpenXR, there's certain, I guess, rules that means that you don't need Steam really to access OpenXR. Any headset that is adheres to those standards can access it. That's how you can run VR applications on your computer that are designed for Oculus Quest and and vice versa. So it's really just a, a, a agnostic approach to accessing your own VR game library. That means if you download stuff from itch.io, you don't have to you know go through Steam which is really cool because we, we often think of Valve and Steam as the only option for VR, mm. that there's certain markets that don't have access to VR at this very moment because of Steam's regulations. So this actually opens up a, a now access for third world countries to actually get OpenXR and start experimenting and tinkering. Brazil is one of them that I'm really excited about. I That's actually uh, reading in the forums, a lot of people from Uganda, uh, places that... They don't have access to to the Steam VR or, or Steam uh, application download layer. It, this is oh, this opens why, it up. Why? Why is so? It's, it's restricted based on based on country. I wasn't aware of that. Yeah. So Steam 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 is a DRM, right? So there's certain yeah. regulations and, and 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 ways that you can acquire these these uh, applications legally. Um, and certain and there that's where commercial restrictions come into play. If you don't have the the legalities in order for you to build an OpenXR application or or game or experience, then you're kind of on your own. So this actually opens up an opportunity for somebody to say, hey, you know, SteamVR is not here available, but this is a OpenXR game and you can buy the headsets that open up arcade possibilities. It's, it's super exciting when you really think about the future potentials of a, I guess, a the closest thing to an open, open source, I guess, yeah. OpenXR, uh, approach to virtual reality. This is really a metaverse API layer, I guess is the best way to describe it. And virtual desktop is delivering. So it's, it's super, super kudos to them over there. Got to go buy me some kombucha, I think. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Hopefully I'm not, I'm not like breaking, destroying that name, but uh, uh, kombucha is good. Yeah, like, exactly. I love kombucha, so, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what they meant. <laughs> Well, that is that is a lovely highlight. That you, you've all uh, surprised me so far. This is this is this is pretty cool, especially given we're recording this like four days after the last podcast, which was <laughs> long, and um, you've all managed to get busy, which is fantastic. Uh, I wish I was as busy as you guys have been. Um, all right, now onto this guy. He's not a nice guy, and I'm not giving him an intro. This is Rowdy Guy. Hi. <laughs> Hey, I'm so how, you doing, no, I, how you doing? How you doing? Sorry, standing there, standing there, issuing orders to all of us. Huh? Exactly. How, how, yeah, how are you getting done? That's 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 how I am. 
Yeah, I'm doing good, actually. I also have a, a pretty interesting uh, or eventful week so far. Uh, yesterday, I went to uh, a, a generative AI event that was Ooh. organized by Google. Uh, so mm-hmm. it was like kind of like a way for them to introduce entrepreneurs and, and people with uh, uh, business ideas, like try and convince them to go more into the Google Cloud system. And uh, I mean, it was interesting. Not not a lot of new stuff that, uh, that I saw there, but... Um, I mainly go to these kind of events to meet people, you know, to, 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 to get to talk to some other people that are also in the similar field or thinking about similar things as I do. And it was really interesting because I met this guy who was, uh, he was a co-founder for a, a health uh, a app, basically, where they were trying to use AI to try and summarize and contextualize medical documents. But he introduced me to um, a weekend project from Andre Karpati. I don't, I don't know if you if you know Andre Karpati, but he's uh, I mean he was he was a research scientist and a and a, a I think a founder even of OpenAI or a co-founding uh, member. So he's, he pretty much knows large language models pretty pretty solid. And after that, he also became the senior director of AI at Tesla for the uh, the auto vision or the autopilot. Uh, I don't know how it's called exactly. One of yeah. those two. Uh, so for uh, computer vision, mainly um, trying to determine, um, you know, self-driving cars. Now, the interesting part, a weekend project for him was basically uh, using Llama 2. So Llama 2 is one of the larger language models and trying to bring that down to a size that is more workable for, you know, uh, basically a C, like a very dumbed down computer, like a, which just a CPU instead of like, you know, these bigger models. Like, for example, the regular Llama models, you have the 7 billion parameter model, 13 billion parameters, 70 billion parameters. But you need, like, not only to train these kind of models, you know, you need, you know, hundreds of hours on, on very expensive equipment. But then to inference from those kind of models, you need, pretty beefy pc as well you know or a beefy server to try and get you know prompts from there send prompts to that go through all of the weights that those models have because they have like i said they have 7 billion parameters or 70 billion parameters and and what he did and i found that really interesting was basically bring that down to pure c so it's a 700 line c file Uh, and of course you don't have C, c as in the code the language yeah c yeah Yeah, just the the c file so it's just pure computer code. Um, and the, the interesting part of that is that it's, he only made a 15 million uh, parameter model, so much shrunk down in science. But what he found is that for very specific purposes, or he found like it's based on other researchers as well. I'm not saying that he's the only one who, who did this kind of thing, but he, he, he built off work of others, is that if you, if you have a very specific kind of goal that these you know, smaller models that are trained on these bigger models... Uh, often have a very good uh, result. And uh, what he did was he, he made like a little application to show, you know, diverse stories. And the guy that I met was using this again to like for a sp- very specific purpose as to like kind of sort of, um, you know, train a model specifically on medical documents mm-hmm. and then have that medical jargon and have an algorithm that was could run on like, you know, a very small instance in a server, uh, like a Linux server just on a CPU uh, and then could like inference and you know, like text docs from that and do that at a f- speed faster than, for example, ChatGPT. Because, you know, you, you know, when you enter something in ChatGPT, it takes like a couple of seconds for like words to appear. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with these models, like, it, I mean, depends on how big you make them, but they often have like 100 to uh, 50 to 100 tokens per second. So tokens are often like words or 
you know, sometimes combinations of words. Mm. So, you know, really fast producing these kind of texts. And I find that super interesting to hear that. Uh, and the reason why I found this super interesting is that I recently finished the Stormlight Archive. I talked about this already a couple of times on the podcast. Uh, there's in total, there's four main books. So you have The Way of Kings, Words of Radiance, Oathbringer, and Rhythm of War. All of them are over a thousand pages, so they're pretty hefty books. And you have several like novellas in between that are more like you know shorter stories about like what happens in between. But they take an enormously long time to write. So you know the first book came out in 20, 2010, and um, they're now predicting the next book to be out in twenty twenty four, which is way too long for me. So I'm <laughs> suggesting. I hope that the author is listening. You know. Download this like <laughs> this baby llama model on your PC, you know, like get it going, you know, because I I need to, I need to know what's going on. Like, I can't I can't wait. Another you want them to train? I, I simply can't. They're, they want you want them to train this focused language model on their previous history so they exactly. can get another book out faster. Enter the books, enter the yeah. books in there, and then say finish the story, and bam, no, nobody will know. Nobody will know. <laughs> I <wanna say> <laughs> You know, oh, like, Jesus. just train it on that. You know, it's, it's a couple so thousand pages. Because you mentioned, you mentioned this, and my brain jumped to having Counter-Strike running on a USB key in university, where you could <laughs> rock up to any <laughs> PC on the network, slip this thing in. They didn't have any anti-USB protocols back in the day. Exactly, so as long yeah. as you could find a port, you could then run <laughs> Counter-Strike in the library or whatever. And man, that felt good. But... This is even more dangerous than that, man. You yeah. could have oh, yeah. a very specifically targeted model. I mean, I, I've been dealing with Llama um, because of the Ray-Bans, right? And having to have that tether to the internet so that you can reach the servers to actually process your inquiry and have it come back down to you um, is is unfortunate. It would be great if you didn't have that necessity, right? And so what you're talking about is essentially... Similar to that, um, obviously it wouldn't yeah. give you the wide open ocean of everything you ever could possibly imagine. But for use cases that are very simple, think about like Google Maps. You know how Google Maps works where you can download a segment of a map? So if you go offline, you can like you still have all of New York City to every nth degree and you can search for pizza restaurants or whatever. Like with this, you could literally say, OK, well, you know, all the things that I've asked it in the last year pre-process all of that, load it onto, you know, some tiny CPU running in this frame of glasses, and I can just run with it on the go. I mean, that's all possible. It might even be flashable onto the current day device <laughs> if they do it right in a small enough, you know, even a year from now. So very exciting, Rowdy, um, as, as yeah. dirty as and it is. There's a lot of com- Google as well. They're, they're pushing towards, instead of making models bigger and bigger, they're kind of like trying to push it to make it like a little bit smaller as well, because that would make it... Very, of course, there's always a market for these very large models for companies like Facebook and yeah. for companies like, you know, OpenAI and like, because we need those kind of models to inference from and, and you know, get these kind of like very huge data because there's so much interesting stuff that happens with it. But on the other hand, there's a lot, it's very expensive, you know, like if you, even if you use like the Google Cloud or use AWS and you run these kind of models, mm-hmm. you're paying literally per token, mm-hmm. you know, you, you for every token that you, that you inference from these kind of models is... You're paying by by token or per thousand tokens or per compute second or whatever it is, but like it's it's expensive. So having this like you know like smaller and smaller and being running on like less expensive equipment is 
And especially if it's for a specific use case, which I think a lot of businesses probably have. Like, mm. for example, if you have uh, a lot of documentation, you need FAQs or something like that, you know, like these kind of things are perfect for developing these kind of, uh, Actually, these kind of documents. It's so incredible that we're talking about this. Like, literally, just today, um, Intel has officially, you know, they, they publicly announced that they're, you know, they, had, they have been wounded, uh, uh, AMD and NVIDIA, is 100% moving in on the CPU space um, in order to build oh, yes. desktop class <laughs> locked CPUs that are going to be focused in exactly what you're talking about. They're the 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 not just the, these companies, but actually it goes all the way up to national security. They're starting to see computers and general CPUs as a threat because they're going to see people with these super powerful AI systems running off. Pretty yep. much sandboxes with un unrestricted perimeters to the point that they're saying, hey, we're going to now the, the, the typical desktop CPU is going to be locked to enterprise and companies that mm -hmm. are going to be able to use those uh, elite sandboxes. We're about to see the death of, you know, what we know today as an Intel i7 or general computers because of that reason. It's interesting. Mm -hmm. Buy those chips quick <laughs> while they're Ooh, still around. Yeah. That's, uh, well, let's see. that's like it, it, I remember it, like when uh, you know we went through phones you know cell phones mobile phones and um, you know the batteries could be taken out you know the thing could be literally dead <laughs> to the world and eventually you know it's it's all fused you can't get phones not not it's, easily anyway oh, not not consumer devices because of course it wants to be on all the time to be tracking you and listening and all these things that's um, actually security that, that that was actually I was part of literally that specific scene which was using uh, most electronics. I don't know, uh, Sony specifically used their batteries as a way to lock the security firmwares of most other devices. The, the PSP, the Vita, um, there was something called the Pandora battery that was heavily involved in, which allowed you to pretty much unlock the PSP security using the actual battery because they carried firmwares in them. So that's huh. the reason why, yeah, this is just cat and mouse races that yep yep exactly mm -hmm. cat and mouse the whole way uh yep. where we we're, we're gonna end up with those sci-fi films before long Dude, i mean it really is coming on very fast very like, fast. literally they, they were talking about like, imagine somebody with like an ai system that can do you know end the world in the back of a cell phone and, and it's like whoa and they're using that as the as the fear mongering to you know yoink you know general computers from the market yeah, I don't know. It's really interesting. And also just seeing the way the, the world has been responding to a, f a few things uh, lately. I mean, Canada, it, it's kind of fun keeping an eye on that. I say fun with uh, air, air quotes around it, but it's like, are we going to like sail off like China from a data perspective at some point? You know, they're trying to kind of control the news networks and other. So it's kind of like watching all of that stuff is interesting. But then when, when you were talking, Jose, about Brazil and other countries and constantly anytime you get a new device out and you post a video related to new hardware someone somewhere in the world that says i can't get it here is it worth my while importing it will it even function in my country and like i'm not i'm not the person to answer those questions but it gets you it reminds you of the fact that there really is only a small number of countries who get access to kind of the latest greatest hardware and countries like let's say portugal oftentimes lose out on this and it's like well hey we're not that far away from the other bigger european countries what about us um and then of course you've got people you know down in the reaches of uh, south south america for example who just you know get get totally 
kind of axed from some of that stuff. So, um, yeah, feel for feel for our friends uh, further afield who who don't have access to the new tech uh, in any easy way. And yes, it's worth smuggling <laughs> across the border. <laughs> uh, we'll cut that out. We'll cut that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a whole different topic. <laughs> oh. So uh, with that, if you're feeling chatty and you've just joined the podcast, just a reminder, we are actually pre-recording this episode. Uh, today for us in the temporal vortex is the 25th of October. So we're not, Halloween hasn't even passed us just yet. And, um, you know, if I live in a world where it's not okay to also live in the future, um, I don't want to be part of that world. That's why I've got my Skyrim, you know, Christmas jumper out because after Halloween's done, we're basically at Christmas, you know, might as well get out Mariah Carey out of her, out of her coffin. You know, I was going to say, maybe AI back is to life, but over. I'm not sure that's how it works. Adam, well, to maybe take AI is like taken over by the time that we aired this episode. Oh, <laughs> so cool. The episode will air on, but we won't be here anymore. We'll be alive digitally. This is our last we'll episode. Cyborgs. AI eating AI popcorn, just watching it, like kicking back. Yeah. Silly humans. Oh, Jesus. Little did they know. <laughs> Oh, geez. But anyway, I'll, I'll encourage you, if you've got uh, things for us and whatever, just pop them in the comments uh, on the video if you're watching us back afterwards. If we happen to premiere this and you're watching it live, then we'll we'll, we'll take a look at your chat as well. Uh, well, finally, on to myself. Uh, I'm Zim, and, well, I'm you know just preparing for a podcast with just four days uh, worth of content is pretty tough. So this is going to be a pretty lean podcast for you. But I'm pretty relaxed, you know, because this is a fun crew. Um, my, my personal highlight is that I got to try out something that Adam was going on about last podcast all that way back, which was the seventh guest. <laughs> so long. And now. I got to try it on my whore of a console. Oh, geez. What's happening here? Uh, the PS5 with the PSVR two, of course. Uh, so it was really good to be back in that headset. And I just got to say still super comfortable, still feels super breezy in terms of the setup time. Um, I still find even on quest three, their software stack just it's a pain in the ass at times and it's like, you know, it forgets a boundary or something glitches or whatever it is. I don't know why, but Sony's system doesn't feel that way to me. Like it doesn't feel like a pain in the ass all the time with updates or whatever. It's just a breeze. So it was nice going back, but man, um, after playing, I played Propagation Paradise Hotel first, which is a, a, an ungodly dark game. Yay! It's like tests the dark levels, right? And enjoyed that a lot. And then I moved on to Seventh Guest. And it was funny because my audience was like, ah, you, you, missed, you messed up the gamma. It, it can't be this bright. And I'm like, no, that's, that's the game. The game has this kind of funny aura where it's not gloomy murky. It's actually quite bright. It's like almost green, like green bright yeah. ectoplasm-y sort of. Like a green that's mist like or something. <laughs> that's one, yeah, that's one way to put it. It felt like... Kind of like a, a Ghostbusters film or maybe another ghost film where you walk in and it's midday, but like the shades are drawn and it's just like the, there's dust scattered around. It felt like that kind of gray-esque, right? Like kind of that level of light. Um, but I have to say, I'm a guy who loves like room escapes and those kinds of puzzles, like puzzles that you don't expect. Um, and this one really felt like The Invisible Hours had a baby with a room wow. escape game and so it's got really cool characters that have this volumetric capture that is really well done. It's not perfect, but it's a it's a it's a step up from L.A. Noir, uh, the PS 
VR or PC VR title from Rockstar. For those who were like, what? Rockstar made a VR game? Yeah, go check it out. It's a, it's a tidbit. It's a snippet of a couple of hours from L.A. Noir, their game, which had that wonderful facial capture a few years back. And this felt like that in the faces and animations of the characters. Really impressive. So um, Adam said it was cool. I checked it out. It's cool. <laughs> you know, it's cool as well. And and the puzzle design is just fantastic. So far, absolutely zero repetition. Nothing I could have expected. And the story is pretty gripping. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm sold on it already. And I definitely want to beat that game. So I'll be revisiting it and running it the way through. I don't know, Adam, did you get a chance to beat that game yet? Or... Uh, with everything going on, I haven't even had a chance to try the full, the released one out now. I'm I'm so oh, okay. sad. And I'm like, I don't know if even, I'll even have time in the next two weeks, but I'm going to try really hard. Wow. I, I really liked it. Like you said, the puzzles were really fun and really creative. And I'm so stupid. Good. Like me and puzzles, not good, but I, I enjoyed <laughs> this one a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Neanderthal, Adam. Glad to have you on the team. Just the puzzle team. stuff. We- Definitely, I on my bucket list, it's get F-Reality into an escape room in real life one day oh, and do no. an escape room together. It'd be fun, I think. Um, maybe a horror one, just for Jose. But anyway, um, so that was me, and I was just super happy with that. The other thing that I just wanted to update people on is last podcast, which to me is four days, to you guys is two weeks ago. Um, I said I was going to take back the Ray-Bans. I was taking them back that, that day. Um, oh, no. I'm having difficulty... <laughs> <laughs> back because they're just a really cool device um, at capturing moments, just little moments, right? They're limited to a, a minute recording. But I'm like, I'm now at the point where I'm like trying to convince the wife. It's like, maybe I could just keep them. I was <laughs> wondering. <laughs> I kept seeing you post about them still. And I'm like, wait, it's after Saturday wait when he said he minutes. was going to the store to return them. And he apparently still has them and is commenting on people's comments who has them with pictures. <laughs> <laughs> You're making it a business expense. You're promoting it, man. It doesn't help. I did a I did a VR job, got some money, and I'm like, I could pay for that. (laughs) It's one of those situations where you're like, oh, Um, covers it. But it's yeah, just the videos are effortless. That's the thing for me. Is like when you want to create a video or a picture, and and you can modify things. Like so, for example, I modified the software. It allows you to do this. Uh, so that instead of holding down the button, which I always th- think of is a little bit creepy when you're like looking at something and you're like, hold the button just for a second. It becomes very obvious what you're doing. You can change it so that it's just a tap, right? So just like you would if you were going to take a photo, you invert those two. So now I've got it where like if I'm looking at a house that I really like the look of and I don't want someone seeing my, me take my phone out and take a picture of their house, I can literally just say, hey, Meta, take a photo and it'll just snap it and I'll keep walking about my business and no one will know. Um, the other day, my wife was saying something really endearing to me, and I, I, t- I tapped the button just as she walked into the room, recorded literally face-to-face. She didn't notice that the little light was blinking on and off, and that's how discreet it actually is. That's how I feel in person with it as well. You don't really notice it. It doesn't catch your eye, um, which is a good thing. Maybe not for the urinal, but, you know, it's a good oh. thing for... Uh, it's it's a good thing for when you just want to you know capture a nice little life moment without getting in the face of it because you know everyone puts a, a face on when you're when you're like hey cheese and all this kind of stuff so it's been really really good at like just mining moments out of real life and then when you watch it back you're like wow that's a lovely capture and so mm. damn you meta you've cre- <laughs> crept your way into my life Dude, now I mean game just think device. of it this way okay. just think of it this way Zim, if you want to validate this purchase like you know. If you really want to make your kids appreciate real food, you know, have them a week or two weeks on bread and water. 
No? <laughs> that was a totally different direction for where I was going to go. I was going to say this is going to be great for a couple's arguments because you can go back and be like, no, you did say this. See, I recorded oh, it. <laughs> Holy cow. This is what? literally an episode of Black Mirror. It really <laughs> is. <laughs> it literally is. Um, yeah, I think I think that's a, that would be that w- that's not a good idea to record. <laughs> that's gonna get everybody in trouble. Um, I've actually had that chat with my wife where I'm like, "Don't send me the stuff over WhatsApp because then Meta knows we're fighting or whatever." You know? like, uh, but of course, the quest is sitting there in the corner watching me, and the phone's recording me. And in fact, Big Brother's here. You know, this is we're just living in 1984 now. And for those they who don't get, get better, that reference, they can't listen. That's that's just the unfortunate that's just like the unfortunate reality. If they if they don't get that sweet data, it ain't gonna get more fun. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I still might uh I still might return them, you know, sit on uh-huh. the idea and come back to it in uh-huh. four months. Mm-hmm. But right sure. now you can see it in have? my face. I, yeah, yeah. Keep them, bro. Uh I've still got a while. I've still got a while. Still got um I I can take it back, you know, next weekend, like when the podcast would run. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll see we'll see we'll see what the next week does like, to me oh I, w- I was too late by bringing it oh, back shoot. just by a day I begged oh, the manager begged him so I hard don't know if you and look mention... I've got it recorded <laughs> I don't know if you mentioned this Zim, but I, I did see I, I, I feel so bad I, I actually I, I think it was Gamertag I saw he posted huh. a video about it where he spoke about the ability to replay videos but hmm. also the audio that gets replayed if you do have the the glasses on, it will play the spatial audio. I said that, which I means that, that too, you um, do get a more surreal like memory because you actually can hear the exact audio how it was recorded, which can right. actually make it much more meaningful. So well, I, the cool I think thing, that's a. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you. No, go ahead. I was just saying. Um, so maybe GT said that, but I, I had responded to a video that uh, the other Jasmine uh, had had recorded at this like beachside restaurant. I guess she was coming out of it and there was some music playing or whatever. And I had my Ray-Bans on just coincidentally when I played this thing back on Twitter and the spatial audio carried through. So <gasps> as she's turning her head and stuff, I'm hearing the music behind Weird. her and I'm like, I felt in her shoes to some extent, even though I'm looking at a flat video and the same sentiment that she shared, which is it's just so easy to kind of walk about with this thing on. Um, so I might end up returning these and just switching to like transition lenses or something because one of the things I'm doing a lot is I'm working during my workday using them, but they're sunglasses. So it's like I'm fighting the sunglass yeah. part a little bit and I'm like, maybe I could justify spending even more money. <laughs> Man, I, I'm, not so thinking, I, I'm not here thinking oh. about a, a part of your experiments. Have you tried rewatching a, a, a full-on... 360. Oh, I'm no. on the edge of my seat. Yes, I'm watching A. <laughs> He's going to come back to us at some yeah. point and we'll get to hear the rest of this story. I've been really but, tempted, uh, though, but if I get them, I would want the transitions too so I could actually use them indoors. But I'm like, oh, it's Christmas. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was going to say, because then that's like, I mean, they're already, let's see, they're uh. already about 309 for the base model in US. So it's like 420 Canadian dollars. It adds an, at least another like 200. So it's like a 600 Canadian dollar pair of sunglasses, which if you then drop or sit on or something like, you know what I mean? Like I could justify the 300 US dollars to myself, but I'm not sure I can go higher right now. So Are they we'll see. Fragile feeling? Do they feel? No. Flim- oh, okay. No, no, no. They're not. They're Have not you flimsy. tried replaying? Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry if I don't know if my question went through. 
No, it didn't. Come, come, come back yeah. to us. So, Zego, and ask that yeah, question. So, uh, ask. It, what, is there, have you retried uh, or tried rewatching a uh, recording in a VR, like a VR video, oh. where you have the 360 audio recorded and replay that with the Ray Bands and, and see if you could actually pick up on, like, maybe like a Beat Saber recording? Because actually, now you got mm. me thinking about rewatch, like, content creation that's done in VR being rewatched with spatial audio headphones. If, mm. if there is something there that the Ravens can potentially unlock. Don't know. See, I don't know enough about how the audio track, like it's clearly just a stereo recording, I think, but there's something about how that gets handled with the up and down firing speakers in the arms that makes it feel like certain sounds are separated from other sounds in the same way that a nice pair of open back headphones works with your favorite album you put it on and you're like wow i never knew a drum kit was over here and the guitar was you know you can think of it as almost like degrees of separation so you're like Mm -hmm. oh at 20 degrees in a different direction um so i don't know i'll have to have to try it out the other thing that i'm still planning to try out is a try to do a pseudo through the lens shot and see if how that comes out as well so there's more testing to be done uh, in the limited time I may or may not have with those. So who knows, maybe by the time the podcast airs, I'll I'll have returned them or maybe not. Um, I really do think for people who are thinking about them, like I said last episode, they're just a really cool device. And it is definitely the first smart tech that I've been enamored with. The Apple Watch, as I said before, it felt like a leech that sat on my arm and like just wanted to pull my eyeballs to notifications <laughs> all the time. And I, it's similar to TikTok. I felt uncomfortable with tiktok uninstalled that shit after a short amount of time (laughs) same thing with the apple watch like it's got to go out of my life just didn't feel like a healthy relationship so uh so far not a toxic relationship when ai comes in and it can tell me things about the scene or whatever uh in a a heavier way than it is currently um enabled by meta i don't know what that will do so i'm curious to see which way uh this this takes the train but yeah some people have been saying it's an easier to fall in love with device than a Quest Three, and I, mm. I would I would agree with that. I would agree with that. It's it's a very easy purchase. It, it it's very easy to kind of couple into your lives. So that was my long winded highlight. Thank you for bearing it. And um, let's move on to the newsreel. No sponsors this week. Um, so first up, I wanted to highlight for all of our sake, and as a little bit of a dovetail from the last episode, given that was only four days <laughs> away. Ignore the gravity well and the time difference, um, was that we spent 90 minutes together in Horizon. All four of us tag teamed up and uh, and Jose took on the horror game Gauntlet in Horizon. So I wanted to ask you all how, how you felt that went and what you thought about Horizon, you know, after that. <laughs> Frustrating. Experience. I was going to say, it may be potentially relationship uh, ending I, for some people. <laughs> yeah, like I, I, was about, I was about to be my last time with the Efriel. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it was we hilarious. had it recorded, Rowdy. We could, we we could, we saw all, yeah. of, we saw all of that. You muttering under your breath, <laughs> and the cursing. Yeah. Um, I, I thought it was I funny. Like, like when, virtual incompetence. <laughs> when, when, when did when did you transition? Because we all like transitioned into roles that I didn't expect us to necessarily play into. Because uh, we haven't spent that much time in multiplayer. We've done a few. We did Demio. We did a few other titles. Uh, but this is maybe the first one that really went smoothly. Um, and Rowdy and immediately, we, we played a, a ghost game called Haunted High, uh, which was, which was one of the two things that we played, but it was really good. Kind of a, 
yeah, again, we're all thinking kind of Ghostbusters and that kind of theme, ghost hunting, Halloween. So we played this, and it was it was weird, first off. I'm going to set the scene really quickly before I continue with my question for Rowdy, which is the basic game mechanic is you basically pop zits. It's like popping pimples all around a map, but they're ghost pimples, and the ghosts <laughs> don't want you to be doing that for some reason. I don't know if it's their babies or something, and they chase you down. So, and you're in a you're in a high school setting, uh, so it's corridors, kind of like a you know college campus or high school, something like that. And uh, you got places you can duck into to hide from the ghosts. And in the central room, very much like Phasmophobia, uh, your team, like sitting out in the van, can can uh, help you, right? But Rowdy immediately took this job upon himself after maybe just a, a round or two. <laughs> he sat in this room. And then he just started barking orders at all of us, and it was great. Control. It was fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I loved it. It's, it was, he gets yeah, so it frustrated, too, because he's trying to track all three of us down. He's like, okay, go now. And then, like, all of us go out, even though we're in totally different areas. <laughs> and he's like, no, 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 Sim, you go back in. No, Adam out, or Jose out. And it's just like, it was chaos. But it was so, I felt so bad the, for the Rowdy. Best was, the, the best part was, like, when Jose was in the room, like, in the control room. And I was like, Jose, whatever you do, don't leave now. <laughs> And the next time I look at Jose, I see him like screaming and running outside, like bringing the monsters back into the yeah. mission control room. I didn't know they could come back <laughs> in. I We're just staring at him dying. To be, to be fair, I didn't know that the ghosts will go inside the control room. That's, <laughs> I did not expect that part. <laughs> And then he got liquefied. I watched it. Yeah. It just got liquefied in this big puddle. Oh. Honestly, it, it, it made me think about like the, the, the concept of dying in front of somebody, like of being attacked. Because I, like, I just literally witnessed myself being murdered in front of you guys. And you just kind of just staring at me with no ability what to do. It's like, man, this is basically, I guess this is what it would feel like. But um, yeah, man. Those guys were, those guys were mean. But uh, man, the amount of times that Jose died, like it was, oh, it was amazing. Listen, but like, not... like, it's like we're a minute in. Jose's already expended his three lives. It was like, what? Jose, how are you dead already? The issue with those games with me, and I, I, I'm the typical like person that gets murdered like first in like horror movies. There's a, okay. there's probably why I don't associate so well with that because I am like, <laughs> I am what people call the wild card for better or for worse. Oh, we know. <laughs> so I'm just like, hey, listen, let let the cards stack wherever they fall. The, the best part is when Zim like tried to like have you tag along with him. Yeah, no, and it was like you were just like the bait. I, listen, I knew I knew the role. I knew the role I was signing up for. I was like, listen, this is probably a better. This is probably so a better like, use just case. stay close to me. And then I was like a monster there, and Zim just like ran the opposite direction. And he was like, you know, like I don't, I don't need to be fast. I just need to be faster than the other guy. Like, oh man. Uh, Rowdy knows me. I'm so fucking evil. Like that was so intentional. It <laughs> was, so was a fun one though. I really liked that one because it had objectives yeah. and stuff. So I, I'm oh. curious to see. We have to try some other of the game type worlds and. I want to beat that one. Like like uh, Rowdy's battery died, and then Jose, you had a call to go to or something. Yeah, I think I, I think I just had to leave after. So we resigned to I'm like. Down. All right, we'll like finish off this thing. Adam and I got to, I think, level seven and then died there. But there are 10 levels. So you can actually beat, you know, 10 levels. And there's a bunch of achievements that go with it hand in hand as well. And there were so I didn't look at the collectibles. I think you did, Adam. What did we get for 
you know, beating as far as we did. Some kind of sticker. Oh, another thing you can throw up in the air when you do this. I don't remember. I don't know what those are called. The, the hands. I love it. Stickers. I love it. Active emojis. Yeah, whatever they are. Where you throw More your arms emojis. in the air and confetti pops. Oh no, no, out. it was the. It's a. Th- it's a thumbs up thing. Is a thumbs up sticker. Oh, thumbs up. Oh, okay. I, I don't well, know what what was it? A ghost? Or a I think it was pumpkin? like a like a uh, skull. Head. It was some kind of head, either a zombie head or ghost head or something. I don't remember. Oh man. That was that was good though. That was really really good fun. I had and that's the kind of thing I came away from it just just thinking like what does this mean for like Rec Room and VR Chat if another contender has actually <laughs> entered? Because I got to tell you this, every time I pick up my headset, and again, this is going to make me sound like a goddamn meta shill. <laughs> every time I pick up the feckin' headset, Quest headset, right? Playing standalone Quest games. No joke, four, like out of 5 or 6 people who I have online, 4 to 5 of them are in Horizon. Like, that's weird. That's like, it's working, I guess, for them. And this sucks for two reasons. Number one, we thought they would die and they kind of deserved to die and they didn't. And number two, (laughs) if you're not in an, if you're not in a place where you can actually play this, then you're just going to resign all of us to, you know, we have meta devices and we suck. But I I get it. But like, get a VPN. I think this is a a good time to do it. Find a way to try Horizon in its current state. Um, I, I was really impressed with the amount of fun I got out of Haunted High specifically. Trying the other games that we had played previously were good. Uh, decent to good. I wouldn't say great, but, you know, good games, solid games that were fun and I'd, I'd happily play for half hour, an hour. This is something, however, that, albeit somewhat repetitive, like, I'd love to go back there with you guys and yeah. try to take on up to level no, 10 again. Christmas special. <laughs> We're going to have Christmas worlds, I'm sure. We're going to have We're the Ephraim Christmas elves. special. <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah. I, I think uh, I think it's a lot to 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 notice that they waited. You mentioned Rec Room and, and, and Roblox. It's both, both those, came, those platforms came out before VR went mainstream, and they had to kind of tap in virtual reality later on, and they still haven't been able to kind of get to a place where they're we would call it like parody, um, where Horizons is built with parody from the ground up. It's from the get-go, which is something that I I don't think we have seen in any platform at all. Um, I, I still go back to, I think I mentioned it last podcast, but that's something that keeps going back to, to the back of my mind is mm. the, the I, I was on Horizon originally on PC VR disconnected from the PC VR client, disconnected on the computer, and less than a minute connected on the Quest app version. So oh, that yeah, means that was it's super complete, cool. Yeah, to disconnect and connect right into the call. Like, I didn't have to press anything immediately on the group chat, showed me the link to join you guys back into the world. That was, it, it completely blew my that, mind. That That's did. Awesome. I'll bet you that didn't feel like meta. You're like, no way this is, no, yeah, no way this is. No, that good. was magical yeah. to me. That was, <laughs> honestly, that was, that that to me opened up, you know, all of these, you know, the the when Meta Horizon was being brought up, you there, there was so the idea of like imagine being able to pop into a concert immediately and all these use cases right. they never yeah. seemed possible. But seeing right. that immediately jump into a call with you guys, like, oh man, it's you'll be able to eventually maybe create like preset friends that if they're on Horizon Worlds as soon as you pop into the headset, it will auto-log into it, right? So yeah. those kind of instances will now be possible. It's super cool to to actually see it as a real thing. Works. Yeah. 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 It, 
It's it's both it's working and uh, it even runs on ancient old rusty hardware like what Rowdy played with, which I think is a Quest zero point five or something like that. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah. Aww. <laughs> the, the original DK. <laughs> no, but like I'm actually curious on performance. Um, so for us, was smooth. I'm, but I'm. It's got to be targeting Quest Two. Everything that's built in there has got to have been built yeah. for Quest Two. Did you notice yeah. any performance issues while we were playing, Rowdy? No, no, of course yeah. not. I mean, it's cartoony, right? It doesn't look terribly yeah, great or anything. It's stuff. it's very much, yeah. It's, it, it it almost looks like that old game thirteen, right? Like almost cel shaded, um, kind of cartoon flat textures. No real, you know. There's no fog or shadows or it, so. It's it's very basic, but it's still pretty cool. Um, Again, I hate to have to say that, right? But I do, I, I'm trying to project this out now. It's like, where does Rec Room go? Where does VR Chat go? I never thought Horizon would be a contender. And now I'm starting to second guess that and kind of be like, okay, three years from now, what does that landscape look like? And how much of the ecosystem do they each own? I mean, Rec Room's huge because they've got the maker pen and people able to actually capitalize on it. There are people who are making their full-time day job as a Rec Room creator. Uh, I don't know how VR chat works in that respect, um, Adam, or it's Rowdy, more like do you guys know? Patreon, it's not like directly through VR chat. It would be like, oh, you get mm. private, you, you get like specific rooms in this VR chat world if you're a patron of the individual. So it's usually like third party ways that they have to do it, which is like, it could be better, you know, but. And then VR chat themselves keep the lights on through VR chat plus or whatever that's called. Mm-hmm. Um, which which gives you additional emotes, a wardrobe of, I don't know, 30 or 50 characters you can swap between. It just gives you those kind of premium features that you don't... It's not a necessity for, for day-to-day. So. And not yeah, scalable. Cool. And cool. at the end of the day, I, I think that's that's the important note. It's like we have seen world or platforms and games that try to keep the lights on with just cosmetics. That, that runs out. Um, I think that what Horizons has best is corporate brand... You know, polish. They'll be able to, perhaps, be able to get the giant companies that kind of dabbled with VR chat years ago, but they got scared about all of the stuff that mm. VR chat could be done, and and kind of avoid it. And then they started, you know, building their own metaverse world and all these. We saw the the boom in virtual real estate, but the realities that that we're creating that is because there was brand awareness or, or fear. From using platforms like Rec Room or yeah, of course, or, or VR and, chat. And, and for good reason. So mm-hmm. it's really funny because I thought that the death knell for Horizon might be the fact that they had such a big brother, and they don't, they don't, they don't accentuate it, right? But the whole point is they've got a tight, a cleanup crew that's basically monitoring, and can if you report it, it'll play back audio. They can kill your account, all that kind of stuff. So it's every user's got a gun to their head when they when they sign up and go in for the first time. Um, Rec Room and VR Chat don't have that. They have some security and reporting features, but it's more of a catch me if you can. It's a, it's an after the fact. And that, like Gorilla Tag, it's almost impossible to keep up with the user base yeah. given their financial model. Whereas I feel like the same content monitoring team that is tied to Horizon could be tied to other platforms that Meta builds in the future, and that team could expand. God, I again, I I really don't like necessarily <laughs> rooting for this champion because I I don't think it necessarily takes us into a good place. I think it might end us in a dystopia, um, and I still want that th- those worlds, Rec Room and VR Chat's worlds, 
to exist. Like VR chat is an artisan's paradise. The worlds in there are incredibly detailed. It's beautiful. You know, you go in there and there's places you can find that are just pure tranquility and you just chill out for the night, you know? Um, again, I want to just uh, shout out Raindance has their uh, VR festival coming up. If you get a chance to get a ticket or see those shows, see the things that they've cherry picked, uh, pay attention to that. They do a fantastic job every year and I think it's their ninth year. Um, so with that, anything else on the Horizon experience, guys, before we move on to the next little news bulletin? Christmas special. We're going to have to come back. <laughs> they're going to have Christmas worlds. Maybe we'll, yeah. I guess since they're limited in certain countries, they probably would be okay with Christmas, right? As a holiday to celebrate. I don't know. You know, some places so. are kind of weird about that. I yeah, but I, I would say, oh, sorry. Go ahead. In the, in the eight countries that they're live in, I think Christmas <laughs> is celebrated in about seven of eight of them. So. <laughs> the holidays. It's, it'll be snow stuff, not Christmas, just holidays. Winter like, it'll be Christmas themed. That's what they call it, something like that. Mm. So, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I would I, I would say I that you know if they're listening to if Meta's listening, add Horizons as the home launcher, you cowards. Like it, it's <laughs> it's it's clearly it's You mean there. going there first? Yes, like it, the, the home you. launcher. I, yes, I hate the you. home launcher. Yeah, don't don't that, do that. The home, the Oculus home, <laughs> should that. be Horizon World. No way, should... dude. We we did that already. We did that for five years. We did it with the Vive. We did it with the original Oculus Home. It's like I don't think we're ready for that yet. I I, I agree that oh, inevitably oh, having the there, place <laughs> that's customized, that's yours, that you can bring other people to, that you can launch from. Um, it's a little bit about what. Adam was exploring with their home feature last podcast. Yes. Like I, and you're a futurist. Like you're thinking, you're not thinking like necessarily just compartmentalized into today. You're thinking. Even oh, months I can, ahead. oh, no, I'm saying now they can do it now. The, the, the home <laughs> launcher, the home launcher experience is there. You can launch to super rumble from the uh-huh. virtual living room. There is a, there, why not? I mean, it, it's maybe, all there. Maybe if you launched into your own, private room in yes, Horizon Worlds. No, no. And then I don't want it to be a public it. instance. Yeah. Your own public <laughs> Yeah, yeah, your own bubble for sure. But the rec room does that. Like like okay. Let's let's parry here for a second, Jose. So the thing that I loved the absolute most putting on the Quest 3 for the first time was I put that on and I could see my room. In other words, mixed reality was the default. And I think that should be the case. I know when I was thinking about the Quest 3 before, when I had the Quest 2 in hand and I'd never tried one yet, I was like, people were talking about, you, no one wants to see your messy surroundings, you just want to disappear to somewhere else. I 180'd completely having tried that myself. And now, when you talk about kind of taking <clears throat> away my actual home and replacing it with something else, my personal yeah. preference would be don't do that. Now, if you're if you're saying I can have virtual you know, mirrors on the walls and portals to the games that I like or whatever, and it's customized for me and somehow dynamically doesn't require me to set up spatial guardian every feckin' time I go in the headset, and it just intelligently is able to lay that stuff out in in, in the configuration that I, I want. Okay, I'm on board. But if you're talking, send me the virtual plane like they have in Rec Room today where you go to your little bedroom and you know you've got the dartboard and i've got a couple of beers lying on the couch because i thought it was funny for a a kid's game to i call it a kid's game uh for a couple of beers to be hanging around a kid's game uh i don't want that you know i don't want i don't want to be 
just in another virtual environment anymore. I think well, I, I I like real life. Why not? That's what it's showing. Why me. not both? And I have like I know that they probably couldn't do it because everyone is gonna you know do take your headset into different rooms. But since it already maps your space and stuff, why can't it just give you a virtual version of your space because you mapped out all of your walls and crap furniture Ooh, and everything? That's a cool and then you idea. double tap, so you have certain augments that will stay in virtual reality or in yeah. augmented reality. Mm. So just you know, it's there. It's just there, and you just can you can view virtual or not. Yeah, that's exactly what I mean. I, I like the idea of the infrastructure, the the, the network connectivity, the, the the handoff. I love the idea of entering, you know, the metaverse and immediately, you know, you it's like going into a, a virtual world that, hey, the, all these people are online and you can immediately, you know, go into their virtual, if, if their home environment is set to public, you can just pop in there. You know what I mean? In, in, in a matter of two clicks. I, I think and that's... See- the only other argument that I would have against that is something that I've experienced with the Quest Pro recently, which is like work zen, is it can be set on the charger, controller's docked, headset docked, and I'll pick it up and I'll throw it on my head in the middle of a work day or whatever, and straight away, virtual desktop kicks in. I don't have to launch anything. I don't have to do anything. So I'm just bam there looking at my super huge monitor with my document there ready for me to work and, and collaborate or, 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 you know, create. Um, and, and it's frictionless. So the last thing I want to do is bring friction into that. But I thought I'd share that because I didn't think that was possible, particularly in, in Meta's ecosystem today. But that's, that's been like my, that's been, that's been fun with, uh, with the pro. So I thought I would just mention that. I don't know if you've had that same experience, Jose, because yeah. initially when you were testing pro out, you were talking to us about it and then you were like modding it and all this other stuff. And it felt like you were finding your balance with the, with the device. Yeah. Is it, is it something you still work in? Do you know? So so the quest pro is still my number one productivity headset when I'm home. It is Hmm. the the eye tracking is by far really, especially when you, when you set up messing around with VDXR, they actually have uh, eye based uh, Fourier rendering for the monitor. So that there's a reason why I brought that up earlier. Like they're uh-huh. they're, they're adding yeah. So there's they're bringing in mixed reality. They're bringing pass through uh, virtual per- portals using Quest Three hardware. This is uh, I, I mentioned it um, a, a while back about my personal bets on Meta's or, or Valve's approach to headsets in the future, where they're going to probably abandon making headsets and just make really deep integrations. That's what they're doing with the Quest 3. The, the, the Quest 3's pass-through cameras, their, the sensors, they're now deeply rooted into Steam's OpenXR environments. All of the hardware features, you'll be able to bring that to VR without having to, for Valve, to make their own VR headset. So that's, that's uh, interesting. The, uh, so I didn't know the eye tracking was really used very much in the Pro. Um, maybe, maybe another time, because I'd like to get on with the news. Yeah. But I'm really curious to pick your brain on where you've seen the eye tracking be used because thus far oh. i don't think i've used my eye tracking on the pro ever i, I don't think not even once <laughs> like yeah it's... so pc pc vr um eye tracking i think that that's really where we're going to start seeing now the, the the beginnings of the the dominance or, or the reemergence of the dominance of pc vr over all-in-one headsets right mm-hmm. right now we wish we are at a position where I can say and, and own up to that, that we do have PC VR parity now from all in one headsets. So there is, there has to be now differentiators. And I think that graphic fidelity is not enough. Now it's gonna be all about interoperability and the capabilities that get opened up because of that. And eye tracking is going to be 
probably the the best tool uh, to enable that. That's why we won't need a depth sensor on the Quest Pro because the realities are whatever's going to be built on the Quest Pro is going to be you know gearing up for the successor of the Quest Pro. That's right. Maybe it's interesting Pro because too. the Quest. I mean, the problem now is we have the Quest Pro with these features. And then we have the Quest 3, which is kind of like, in my opinion, the better headset. Yeah. And now immediately I want a headset that kind of fuses the two together. Like, yeah. you know, ne next year, if I don't hear from Meta that they're they're building that, then we're not getting it for, you know, at least three years. <sighs> so oh, it's like I, I, I want next year at Meta Connect to hear about a headset that's going to come. That's basically a Quest 3, the next step, you know, that they're going to be building and maybe a headset that leans a little bit closer into uh, mixed reality, even even with with the you know the 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 Ray Ban glasses and that whole venture. I'm really interested in what they can do uh, in a small form factor. And given Rowdy's intro, like can we do something even fancier in a tiny form factor? Uh, for example give me anything displayed on the glasses. Because like today, I mentioned this before, there's a little LED indicator which tells you if the device is connected or whatever else. It's very subtle. And you can control how bright it is, which is nice as well. Um, but like to do that, but get something on the display, anything AR-wise, would be really, really rad. Any kind of HUD. Like a little, I know I'm not usually a HUD guy, but like something, whatever it is, even if I just had a notification to say, that I need to check my phone or, oh God, I'm back to the wristwatch thing here now, but <laughs> something, the temperature, for example, a little widget that would just show the temperature floating in maybe in, in on top of the glasses. So it looked like it was etched in. It's not like super apparent, but when I need the information, I can look at it. Or for example, if you're wearing the glasses and you're driving and you can just see your current speed, you know, how fast you're going, for example, in like a pop-up HUD, oh, that'd be really neat. I'm really glad that you mentioned that. Um, just today, Qualcomm did announce their, uh, and I have the name here, the, the Snapdragon X Elite. Like a, a, a second uh, yeah, tech so drop I, today? I've been following, yeah. yeah so th uh, there has been, it, it's very interesting that we're, we're talking, that we're doing this podcast this week, is this is actually uh, 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 the Intel CPU uh, week for, for a lot of uh, enterprise focused uh, efforts so there's a lot of events happening during this season so it's like shark week for silicon yeah pretty much <laughs> that's like that's a really good that's a amazing analogy um so yeah november october through december are usually where we start hearing about the efforts for quarter two of 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 these technologies but uh snapdragon actually introduced something called their x series cpus which are 100 percent going to take on the similar CPU architecture as the Vision Pro headset, which are right. oh, all-encompassing CPUs, and they're scaling from very low form factor operations. They're, they're breaking them down to cores, right? As you mentioned, a maybe like a core that can just handle basic functionalities like the weather in augmented reality and scale ah, all the way so up cool. to a high-end X-core CPU that has you know all the bells and whistles that we want in a spatial headset, right? Eye tracking, biometric, you know, spatial occlusion, all of that is going to be now handled by specific cores, which is how oh, I'm, I know I joined. the market is deciding they're going to communicate with consumers. Test. Right? Back in the day, we had a, they used to say, oh, Intel Core 2, two CPU cores meant you could do remember. all of these things at the same time. Now you're going to start hearing, you know, this CPU has. Um 
visual eye tracking core and spatial tracking mm, core. Okay. That's sure. how you're going to be Things able to closed, see at a consumer level the differences between you know, I did have all Nvidia of these headsets. So they're, they're 100 talk, own, they're 100 so talking about last time. low Not power previous, form factor or feature focused devices. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. That's 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 neat. Okay, um, I'm ready for silence. And it's I'm glad to know where we're going with all of that. Uh, for those who may not know, <laughs> Snapdragon um, and Qualcomm, or as we now like to call them, Qualcomm. Thanks to sadly, it's Bradley. Uh, <laughs> Qualcomm are the manufacturer of the chip that runs in your Quest. So if you're wondering what's going on. Um, you know, with all this conversation, well, it, it's linked directly to the headset that maybe you've you've got if you've got a Quest in hand. That's, <laughs> or that's maybe been the CPU since... that runs everything, if we're, if we're going to be honest. Yeah, it's oh, definitely going awesome. that direction. Well, with that, let's move on to something else that's quite exciting. I mean, there's some awesome stuff coming to Mixed Reality. And as, you know, Quest 3 gets out there into people's hands, uh, it feels like there's even more developers who are putting stuff out with patches and updates and more AR stuff for us to play with, from faux Minecraft, uh, the new horror game that's just come out, The Cabin, uh, and lighthearted games like Coaster Mania, where you murder unsuspecting guests of your theme park by drowning them in your cat's water dish. So, seriously, some pretty cool stuff happening. Um, I, the, one of the things that's an update to Coaster Mania, which will be old news to most people, as this will have been a week and a half ago that it came out, um, is that the Coaster Mania now can, it had MR before, and you were able to play with your coaster in your room, but now it can kind of dynamically uh, connect it to your room, set you puzzles. Uh, and it felt to me very much like playing laser dance. In other words, you're going from one side of the room to the other side of the room, you know, with coasters and what have you. So I'm really looking forward to kind of toying with that and playing uh, with some, some of that. But um, absolutely, chat, you guys have a responsibility here as well. Let us know what you've been enjoying in mixed reality and augmented reality. It's hard to know what to call it anymore. You won't <laughs> find me using XR. I hate that term. Uh, but mixed reality, I'll call it for the time being. Uh, just having fun in your real environment and being able to kind of uh, keep an eye on your family, your doormates at the same time. It's just super cool and definitely feels new. All right, with that, let's move on to some hardware. Uh, I know this will get um, get Jose all lit up. Uh, so there's a post on Reddit that I ran across, and every so often I run across a post that just makes me giggle. Uh, this one reminds me back to years ago um, when, when uh, Rowdy, Mike, and Nathy looked at me. We were discussing... Uh, Vive wireless modules, high bandwidth wireless modules. And I, I, I said, no feckin' way I'm ever putting that thing on my head and getting brain cancer. No, thank you. <laughs> and ever since that point, anytime anything kind of went that way, they'd say I was wearing tinfoil. Well, it's not just me who's wearing tinfoil anymore. No, your Wi-Fi 6E router uh, can also wear tinfoil in what we call a Faraday box. <laughs> so this poster basically said that the only way they could get their 6E router to behave was to cover it in aluminum foil. <laughs> Redditor Lunch and Dinner said, I wish I was joking. This is the only way I got it to work without stuttering. The range is extremely short and it's very sensitive. But when it does work, whoosh, it's smooth as hell. Uh, so basically what's what's happened is 
Um, and because I think Adam and Jose will be able to get a chance to see this, we should probably do a thing where we share these links uh, with everybody. I'll try to do that on the fly now going on from here is, and actually maybe Adam can help me out there. Just post it to the group if you would, the image. Um, basically there's a router with all its antenna uh, surrounding the router. And over the head of it oh my is like days. a hood, right? It's, yeah. it's like a, a hood that, of foil. I, I don't know, but like, that's not a Faraday cage. Like, no, it's not a Faraday not, cage. You don't want this for, I don't know. I don't that, want to seem insensitive. That looks like insensitive. my sandwich box. Like. <laughs> I don't want to sound insensitive, but, uh, wow, man, I forgot what it's called, but it's like a customary, I think it's like a religious thing that people that they do it under the Christmas tree, the nativity, I think it's called. It's oh, a like, nativity scene? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like the birth isn't of it, baby router. So it, like, isn't oh, it even so that it, like, I don't know, like, like, like like works like a mirror where it like reflects the yep. signal yeah. off or something like that. That's exactly it. So um, in terms of transmission <laughs> and the way that this uh, would be best served would be if it was in a dish form uh, to collect the waves and essentially make them semi-coherent and bounce in a direction. So this guy is actually a uh, guy or gal. Actually, I don't know. Lunch yeah. and dinner is a great name, uh, but but is trying to basically overcome a wall between the router and play space. And so trying to punch through just a single wall um, <laughs> by focusing the beams and getting them punched through the wall to the other side, to the Quest 3 operating oh, a 6E. I hope there's yeah. like a wireless, uh, wireless like transmitting engineer listening to this. Cause I, I, I wish it could be inside of the, the mind of the person that designed this. Cause I think that he's imagining like a huge cone of wireless just bouncing out of the box. Like he really like he really thinks that's what's happening here. It's like, oh man! If anything, would, he just cut down the bandwidth by like fifty percent and just made no, it. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> Can you imagine the engineering team, the product manager behind this router? Like, if they see this, when they see this, they're gonna have a boozy lunch and they're gonna go home early. Cause fucking hell, this is not what you oh, want for your man. product. That oh is, lord! Oh, that's so that's so funny. So that's your comic relief for this show. Um, with that, let's move on to the what I like to call the the stinky well or MetaQuest updates. So version 59 launched um, or is in gradual rollout over the last couple of weeks. Um, the first feature that grabbed my eye was YouTube live chat. As a live streamer, um, this is a feature that um, it, it's important for someone who's starting off and wants to share with their family and friends, and they do that via casting or a Chromecast device or something like that, just to get it up on the wall and share it with friends, get the audio out there and stuff. But if you want to share with an audience who's across the world, years ago, like with the Oculus Go and some of the earlier headsets, the first Quest, you could stream to like Facebook at like 320p. I mean, it was terrible. It was total shite. Um, at least now we finally got a version of live chat. It's just YouTube. Twitch hasn't been announced or, or in there. Kick is also another one that's up and coming. Um, but for YouTube, you know, streamers, they could cast to their, uh, they can at least cast to their computer and get a stream going from their computer, laptop, or PC, for example. Um, and then with that, you also have a floating YouTube live chat chat window so you can see messages as they're coming in, read them, interact with your audience. How this all composites together and looks for someone who's watching, I don't know. I think you will see the person see the chat in their screen. So it is 
in the way of the scene or integrated in the scene, uh, which for me personally, the last thing I want in my immersive VR experience is a floating chat window. But then again, I have a nice coder wife who coded me a text-to-speech bot who does that for me. So I do it in audio. Um, so this is great for people starting out. And I think that's why I wanted to highlight it here. So glad that's there. Um, means hopefully that they will continue to do more. Do they let options. you anchor that window too? Or is it only floating? I haven't tested. There, there are okay. other creators who've tested it at this point. Um, and I'm sure people will have put videos out on this. So, you know. Week and a half from from now, when this when this airs, uh, feel free to check those yeah. videos out. YouTube live chat out in version fifty nine for MetaQuest. Uh, two other things came out that I would uh, suggest you want to pay attention to. Uh, with the age drop to now ten years old, down from thirteen, uh, super parental supervision enhancements are also coming. So Meta's got a utility that's called Family Center that helps parents supervise and control. And the opt-in is either the parent can opt in from the child account uh, or the child can actually opt in to say, hey, I want this person to kind of look after me. And <laughs> Give me supervision. <laughs> ever. What kid does that, right? <laughs> Let me just enroll myself to child security. <laughs> Hello, Poindexter. Oh, yeah, I know. Uh, but you know would, that kid uh, exists and he gets oh, bullied yeah. at school, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. I would definitely be bullying that kid. Oh, <laughs> I would be... I would be a hundred percent making, I would make fun of that kid right now. (laughs) (laughs) I think you are in the future. All right. So, and that's parental supervision. And the third thing, and this is the one that tickled me the absolute most, uh, just a couple of weeks after the quest relaunched, we now have a software patch for battery extension. So uh, I think we've all experienced um, the battery dropouts of quest three, particularly if you cast from the device, or stream from it via screen copy like I do, um, you probably get less than two hours. I think my average at the moment is somewhere between one one hour 45 and one hour 50. When I'm casting, which doesn't feel like a lot of time, um, I'm sitting out on my shows a lot, like having the thing charge while I talk to my audience and wait for this thing to come back to life. So yeah, it's annoying, and I'm trying to find a way to engineer that for myself. But at least Meta have acknowledged this and jumped to it. You'll have to have jumped to it pretty quickly or maybe they had this as a, if they notice the battery's shit, then we'll just drop this thing out. Um, which is actually what Jose was speaking about last podcast, which is the balancing act between physical constraints, uh, the current draw, particularly of MR, which is getting a lot of attention, which it should on this headset. Um, and so you'll be able to toggle essentially between um, having a higher active battery life or having higher performance in your apps. If you're more of a short-term or short attention span power user. Um, But I I do wonder if this is going to land us in a place where there's like an unhappy medium between the two, where you're like, I don't get enough battery life and I don't get enough performance. Um, (laughs) I hope that's not going to be the case. I hope I'll be able to find somewhere where I'm happy. And the same is true for everybody else who's a new, you know, Quest 3 buyer. But I, I, I would say that if there's one characteristic of the device right now, that stands out as a negative, definitely it's battery. Uh, battery has been the biggest um, problem uh, that I have yet to over overcome. And as I said, I, I end up swapping devices. I haven't yet swapped back to a Quest 2, so at least that's saying something. But um, have, Adam in particular, have you noticed uh, Quest 3 and its battery life? Is, is it starting to get annoying for you, or are you fine with it? Um, well, I feel like it 
it will annoy me once I get a better head strap. Like right now, the amount of time that I can spend in it, because I it, I kind of get, like I said, it's gets tight in the back of my head. Um, oh. It's like by the time the battery is gone, it's a good time for me to rest my face uh, anyway. But I feel like once I get the third party, um, you know, accessories for it and I'll be able to spend more time in the headset, then yeah, I'll be like, man, I don't want to be, it's like I'm just wired all over again. Because it works great when I've got my cable and then I plug it into <laughs> like a wall charger but i that's kind of defeats the purpose right so right doesn't annoy me yet but it will (laughs) yeah yeah and actually even the head strap like i have it's weird i have days where i really like the soft strap and there's days when i'm like yeah i get what people are saying you know like it it, it just i flip back and forth um i still would not throw away that the soft strap definitely not uh i use it too often and it's very comfortable um when you're lying down when you're just using it quickly it definitely transports more easily, you know, so I'm still glad it's the default, but um, I do think most people are going to end up with a, with a secondary, uh, a second strap, you know. Uh, okay, so those are it. So YouTube live chat, parental supervision, and a battery extension from Boz. Boz did host a, a kind of another Q&A as he likes to do. I won't go into the details of that, but you can look it up uh, if you're interested. Uh, finally, I wanted to talk a little bit. I know last time we, we touched a little bit on Ghostbusters. Uh, I saw Nathie put a video out, which was interesting. I like catching up with uh, our old pod mate. Uh, and he, uh, he basically said that the, um, well, overall, the kind of look and feel of the game was was decent. He thought that the gameplay was quite a bit repetitive. Um, mm. And I don't know if it was maybe his, um, <laughs> his godforsaken bright orange wellies getting to his brain. But whichever way the game goes when it comes out, whether people enjoy it or whatever, I don't want to labor on it, but... Um, I suppose personally, like I felt that the, I felt that our experience in Horizon, right, kind of satiated my need for a spooky game. Now I'm not a Oktoberfest kind of guy. Oktoberfest is beer, so I'm, <laughs> I was going to say that's, like, a, that's the wrong one. I'm, I'm a, a fan of that. I'm totally a fan. The scariest of that. thing is getting but, drunk. But the whole like spooky skeletons kind of Oktoberfest, like every creator out there needed to do all like Halloween themed videos. I've never really signed up to that. Um, I'm curious, Adam. I mean, obviously you have uh, you came out in cosplay in the last uh, in the last session, and now we're into November podcasting. But uh, Halloween is that a uh, is that something that from a content perspective, like I, I haven't checked, are you spookifying all of your content, or do you just you don't care? Not this year. Normally, I like to, but just because the Quest Three came out so close to Halloween, and then it's like does just you know, so many regular, regular games coming out. I just didn't have time. I would have liked to cover more scary stuff, but it was just like, no, with, with the, you know, vacation coming up at the end of this month or having had happened already, depending on when you look at it, uh, I just, yeah. I just didn't have time. So I am, I am kind of bummed out bummed. about it, but yeah, I mean, Vampire I the Masquerade's maybe. kind of vampire spooky. And then you had Seventh Guest, which is, you know, Haunted Mansion spooky, like not scary, scary, but there were quality titles actually so we've actually had some pretty normally we get a load of shite like you get such bad stuff so we'll have to see how you know christmas turns out i don't think there's any thanksgiving themed um (laughs) thanksgiving themed vr games i think that's very specific wild turkey extravaganza vr coming out on thanksgiving day well details upcoming (laughs) In Canada, you guys already had your Thanksgiving, so that's just weird, we right? You're like, okay, but we let's celebrate dip. American I mean, well, wouldn't you? <laughs> wouldn't dip. you if you yeah, had double true. Thanksgiving? Yeah. I fucking double dip every year. It's like, oh, Thanksgiving one and Thanksgiving two. <laughs> Same thing twice. with um, 
It's the same thing with the first of the first of July. Like we get first of July, then we get fourth of July. Fireworks double. You know, it's great. We should do that here. So. I don't know why in America then we don't just celebrate everybody uh, everybody else's Thanksgivings and Fourth of July's. But you know what? I will I say Fourth of July. Big like, ego. That's people why. are yeah. putting fireworks off in <laughs> June, so I don't know. It's a it's a month long thing here. Yeah, I'm glad we don't have more for my my puppy's sake. My dog doesn't like uh, yeah, not, not the puppy actually, but my my dog. Yeah, she yeah. she hates fireworks. It might have something to do with the fact that we had a spinner that I nailed to a shed in Scotland, and I lit it up, and we held her in place, and it went off like a demonic oh, portal. Oh and, my god! Because we were trying to train her that fireworks were okay, and then <laughs> she panicked. We let her go. She ran to the house, all the way upstairs under a bed. And like was panting heavily for like two hours. So yeah, that, that'd do it. You're the kind of dad like when you catch catch your kids smoking, it's like now you're gonna smoke 15 packs of cigarettes. Yeah, they're gonna learn. <laughs> See what happens. Yeah, we we were trying to ease her up, and she was kind of doing okay with the small ones, and then yeah, no, it did not like the spinner. So oh god, yeah. Uh, I think we broke our dog. Uh, Yeah, so that aside, um, Ghostbusters, by this point, people will have played and enjoyed and all that, so I won't go into that uh, too much. But with the spooky season now officially over, it's on to explosives. Well, hey, uh, I gotta love the season of blowing things up. Now, Americans might not understand this, but in the UK, we had what's called Guy Fawkes Day, where you celebrate a terrorist and you blow shit up. Uh, it's wonderful, uh, especially because the weather's usually miserable. I remember being out in my garden, like it's dark, it's rainy. You're literally sinking fireworks into mucky soil and then shooting them off, uh, running squidgily back to safety, yeah, like my kind of blowing holiday. fireworks off. <laughs> it is we need to a bring great that holiday. <laughs> Guy Fox Day. So look it up if you don't know Guy Fox. Thought I'd give a little tip of the top hat. Uh, to v, our v for Vendetta is based on something about yep. that, right? Yeah. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. Guy Fawkes, right? Yeah. Guy remember, Fox. remember the 5th of November? Oh, That's it. Man. <laughs> yep. The gunpowder yep. treason and plot. <laughs> It's so good. It's so good. That's that, that's a worthy film to watch again. Um, or or the comic book. The comic book is also good. Yeah, the comic book is actually excellent. Amazing. I remember checking yeah. that out. Uh, so with that, that's our that's our newsreel. I don't have any main things for this show. We thought we would keep it nice and light for you. Um, they are in the future, looking out for our, our future friends. Uh, but but next up, Jose, you can go ahead and tell us if there are any games that are nice. You know, any games like Adam, but surely not that nice. Impossible. No games for y'all. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no games are good, guys. Um, so I actually wanted to pick two games that actually are games I'm actually quite looking forward to personally. I wanted to that mm. that's there's so many games that we have mentioned, and so the first one we have is Demio Battle, um, finally releasing mm. on November 9th. Um, this is the action role-playing classic game, no Demio, but this is their competitive term, I guess, uh, PvP version uh, approach to Demio, which is player versus player, up to four players, 1v1 and 2v2. I don't think you can do 2v1, but uh, yeah, so they, it's a... <laughs> you uh, into that? You into oh, that? Dude, hey, listen, <laughs> some people like a top <laughs> challenge, right? But... Uh, <laughs> 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 oh boy okay. um, but yeah that's Demio uh, November 9th um, no <laughs> price actually yes uh, 19.99 US uh, yeah. they do have a pre-order price uh, of 17.99 that's about 16.50 pounds pre-order 14.85 <laughs> uh, 14. uh, pounds for pre-order 
And yeah, that's uh, Demio Battle. And after that, uh, I don't know if you guys have tried uh, Demio Battle yet. Yes, I have. I absolutely have. And I have certain reactions, which I will share next podcast. But right now, I haven't tried it. But I will have tried it by the time this airs. So if I happen to be in chat, ask me about how Demio Battles work. Or check out my video if I have one. I don't know. It's possible. So and after that, we have Assassin's Creed Nexus VR. Um, That releases on November 16th of $39.99 US. 33 pounds. Uh, It's a VR... Um, remaster or I guess a revisioning of the uh, traditional Assassin's Creed games. Uh, I saw I, I saw the TwitchCon uh, Assassin's Creed uh, showcase. They actually had Tech Minju and Fox oh, no. Uchiha uh, homies. Shout out to them showcasing that, which was really cool. But also the game was awesome. Um, I, I yeah. really uh, spoke to them a little bit. I was like, hey, did you actually enjoy the game or were you just, you know, showing it off for meta and then they both of them said hey it's actually quite fun they they mentioned a few uh popular uh sandbox uh games uh i don't need to mention them everybody knows that the big sandbox uh sword style uh vr games are in only one headsets and uh, they started making some interesting comparisons when it comes to combat and Mm. also the the pseudo fake uh uh open world uh is actually something that was not expecting from an Assassin's Creed wait, VR wait. game. The pseudo fake open world. Yeah, it's what? similar to like what uh, Adam mentioned with oh, Vampire the Masquerade okay. where it feels open world, uh, but it's really not. Uh, I think similar uh, tactics are being used in Assassin's Creed. Um, they it also using uh, player counts uh, where they, 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 uh, uh, Techman specifically mentioned that he was in a scene where he felt like he was actually crowded by a lot of people and navigating to the towns. And oh, I was wondering that about that. Actually, yeah, he, he mentioned that it felt like being bum-rushed in New York City, and that that uh, I, I'm really excited to try it. So that's the, the two games I wanted to to uh, to mention this week because those are definitely the two games that will more likely have some uh, experience uh, under my belt next podcast. Sounds good. Nice. Yeah. Those are those are good. So uh, with, with, with that feedback, um, I'm, I'm curious. So for the, uh, the Assassin's Creed one, for example, kind of looking mm-hmm. good, is that is that tempting? I mean, Jose, it sounds like you're totally bought into that. Oh, yeah. I'm a huge Assassin's Creed fan. Like, Ezio's uh, story, uh, like, uh, it's one of my favorite personal all-time favorite game stories, specifically Ezio's storyline. So being able to revisit his character in in the games, I'm just so hyped for it. Mm. So good good pick from your perspective in terms of the use of the IP. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it's a little bit bit different, I think, because I'm also a huge uh, Assassin's Creed fan. Um but like I, I hope it's gonna be more than just like nostalgia you know i i do hope that it's going to be more of a you know like again like i i am a little bit scared, especially because they you know the the characters they've picked they're such big stories like Ezio's story is so big you have cassandra which is also a very big story yeah. and i and connor's story as well and then it's going to be i i hope it's not going to be just like oh you know visit this world real quick a little bit, you know, look at what you can do all. And it feels a little bit more like a tech demo than to me. And what I mm. what I really like about the Assassin's Creed story is that you are this character. Because right? you literally go into, you know, being this character. And then, you know, you go through the entire storyline. And now it's like, it's a little bit more like split up. Of course, maybe they've done, they've done a great job with it. I don't know. Like, but it does make me a little bit 
wary of like where this is going. Uh, mm. While I would prefer to be, you know, a little bit more fixed character, new character, you know, the IP is there, you know, you don't need to visit, you know, all the characters of which the story is completely done. And then like, you know, just make something new and like make it exciting and like, you know, use all the tools you have rather than like, oh, you know, now this is how it feels to be Ezio, which I'm sure is awesome, but I think I that wears that so off bad, really soon. <laughs> But it's, the thing is, I think it's fair to say, and we've seen this a few times, when you convert from a stellar flat game and you try to imagine it in VR, it's kind of like when we used to have literally like 2D games, like a 2D Monkey Island. Exactly. Go 3D. Yeah. Right? And then you were in a 3D world. And it's like it doesn't feel the same yeah. because you've changed how I as a player interact with the game. So mm-hmm. I, I, I don't think that fandom converts across that barrier is what i'm saying like yeah and for me personally as well like i mean i've I've gone you know back in the beginning of vr when there was literally like nothing to play i've done a ton of war packs you know i've got a lot of slack as well when i when i was playing fallout in vr and i made videos on that like two years before before fallout vr was announced and then two years later people were angry at me (laughs) because this is not a real fallout in vr it's like oh no i mean i did this like two years ago there wasn't even mention of it but anyway, like I've done that a lot and it's really cool, you know, like for example, Bioshock Infinite, you know, awesome, fantastic game and putting a headset on and then being in that world and looking mm. around and being there is it, fantastic yes. for 10 minutes. Yep. You know, like, and, and then it's like, okay, yeah, that was, that was cool. And then you turn it off and, and I, I hope that this is not going to be like that, that it's going to be like, I mean, of course it's going to be way better than four packs, but like. I hope it's not only going to be like, oh, you remember this character from like when you back when you played Assassin's Creed? Isn't it cool that you can now like see him and interact with him? I'm like, <laughs> okay, cool, we've done this. So this is the next character. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, like I, I don't, I don't really care about that. I'm gonna use an analogy here for a second because to me, what you just described is kind of like if you listen to a band's top hits album. And personally, I never, I never really like those. I want the album from start to finish like i'm not a song guy i'm an album guy i want the like the whole thing end to end and kind of what you described reminds me of the if i was to compare grand theft auto um, and how la noir was presented so la noir when it was first in flat was a series of kind of long uh cases that you could run And all we got in VR was really like a bite-sized part of it. You got driving scenes, you got a robbery scene, you got interaction and doubt the person scenes, but it was bite-sized. It was little flavors of it. Doom VFR did a similar thing where it wasn't the full Doom that we loved. It was just kind of a, it was like a taster, a teaser for it. Um, And I think it was because in part it works, but yeah, it doesn't satisfy you. It's like candy versus dessert, right? Like when you want a chocolate cake and someone gives you a bag of Skittles, you're like, eh. I don't know. You know what? I like, I'm good. I, I'm good. I feel like VR versions of big IPs are kind of like Netflix miniseries of big movies. Like they're yeah. they're trying to make, and it's not necessarily, I guess, a bad thing, but they're trying to take like slices of life. Like, oh, take this big IP that you like, and now we're gonna t- do a spinoff version of now you get to see through the eyes of this character that you know and love, or like, oh, see this, but in a different light from a different perspective. Oh. It seems to be the the thing now, and it's not. Yeah. I don't know. I guess it depends to on me, the it IP. It feels very much like they don't feel like VR can hold on its own enough and therefore right. they need to go to yeah. these like, 
you know, and and I don't agree with that. Like, I, I think Agreed. VR is strong enough to hold on its own. And, like, if you make a new story, you know, I don't care that it's Assassin's Creed. I mean, of course, I care <laughs> it's Assassin's Creed. Who am I kidding? But, like, the, you can do enough with that, I think. You don't have to go back to Ezio to make it cool. Like, that's what I think. I, I agree 100% I, I, because Horizon is an example. And I know, Adam, you're a big Horizon fan as well. You were before I was. Um, but, like, when I did, when I played Horizon throughout on PS5 and I just fell in love with that whole world and Aloy and the, the whole thing was just amazing. Oh, that, I think about Horizon then, World for some reason. I was like, I didn't... I oh, no, sorry. I should have called yeah, it. Like, you put that on what? me. Adam looks so offended. <laughs> okay, now, yeah, yeah, all right. Now I get what you mean. I was so confused. I was like, Horizon World. Yeah, that's late. fair. How dare you? Me. Fair. <laughs> Uh, yeah, because I saw it in your face and I was like, oh, you like Horizon, don't you? <laughs> so yes, Aloy, you know, alligators, all that kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> I know they're not called alligators, it's not coming to me. But the point I was making is that um, when, I, when I modded that game and played it that way on PC and it was the full fat experience that I was in the world and like I wasn't worried about motion sickness or whatever and I had the controls and I could take down these massive enemies like, it wasn't as great as the engagement that you get in Call of the Mountain, the made-for VR experience. But it was damn good, and just like Alien Isolation, even if there's some clunky kind of not-made-for-VR menus or whatever, like, I still want to see studios... I know I know Rowdy thinks to some extent it's like poisoning the well a bit. I still want to see studios take a AAA title, do the best job of they can to convert it to VR and give us the full feckin' thing end to end. Because if you haven't played that it. thing like, like and you not... do it in VR, it's it's yeah. great. Like Subnautica, for example, was, yeah. a, was a perfect I, example. But like, I commit it... to it. Like commit don't it. like don't yeah. don't do like you know oh uh, and you know you remember that level that everybody laughed of this game? You can outdo this one level in VR. I'm like oh, don't, Tomb don't. I think yeah. it's also <laughs> important to note that I think what what's happening with VR and all of the these tests and, and attempts at creating you know vr focused conversions or or vice versa is the reality that we are starting to 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 learn that maybe there is a better way to play certain games right i i've been playing i, I mentioned it earlier that i've been playing a lot of 2d flat games in a vr space that mm. is has it's turning into my favorite form of playing vr we have been especially because of the quest mm. 3 we've been we've been focused talking about the powers of mixed reality and how you can have a virtual screen and, and mix into your physical world but what about a 2d screen in your virtual world right it, it creates a level of immersion of concentration unlike anything i've i've, I've done as somebody who deals with very wild uh, wild card <laughs> adhd you know, sometimes it, 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 there's value of having, you know, a, a the, the screen that I want to focus on virtually, you know, following my eyesight, no matter where I'm looking at, and then having, you know, virtual bliss around me. It, it's, it, you I, will I, love Mario. <laughs> exactly. You, you will, will concentrate. <laughs> love one way, Yoshi. shape, or form. It, I, I, I actually, a lot of people resonated with that. I think I mentioned it here, but it, it truly I, I, is noise canceling for the eyes. Um, yeah. and, and I think that uh, 2D gaming in virtual spaces is probably, and that's what we're seeing with Valve. <laughs> that is exactly what Valve's moving towards. They're going to convert all of their Steam library into a way for you to play them in VR. And it's huh. I, I think I'm more excited about that over anything because we're not thinking about reflections on a screen. 
what happens mm. when you bring those kinds of reflections to a virtual space and now you have you know literally you know mario for example where the clouds are popping out of the virtual screen and it looks like 3d and every time you get an achievement the screen shakes fireworks behind it all of these weird variables yeah. or 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 uh uh, uh, candy to to the visual experiences. I, I'm excited for it. So the other thing, like like what you were doing, where you took, um, you know, you were basically enjoying a, a two dimensional experience, but in in VR. I find mm-hmm. myself drawn back to those. I'll call them experiments every so often. Like for example, virtual link cable to PSVR two, being able to play Doom Eternal on this like awesome 120 hertz. OLED panel. I mean, things like that are just like really fun if you like tinkering and seeing what your gadgets can do together. Um, but I just, I don't know. I, f- I feel like uh, I feel like all of this conversation around upgrades, dedicated builds that are very costly for a team for something that might not pay off. Like the re- the return on investment is is rarely there for VR, and I, I recognize that. I feel like this talk a year from now, maybe two years from now. We'll all be dust in the wind because we'll have models that can help programmers to convert an existing two-dimensional world with all of its assets into a virtual space that we can just go and explore. And I think our hardware is going to be at a place where it'll be comfortable to wear and we can literally just dive into whatever we want. Maybe even making up worlds for ourselves, almost like if you've always had the the spirit and the creative nature of a game creator but never wanted to learn to code or didn't want to, you know, contribute in a more like mainstream development way. I think your day, your day is coming, you know, and I think it's coming pretty darn fast. And Rowdy keeps us all abreast of changes in that respect. And I thank him for that because keeps me excited. Every podcast, he kind of pulls me back into the world is changing, Zim. You got to pay attention. (laughs) And I, I'm a guy who like, you know, it's that old adage of like, once you're over 35, you're like, I'm set in my ways. I know my music. I know the things I like, blah, blah, blah. I try to keep myself fresh, but in fact, I'm falling so far behind. It's not silly. Um, and Rowdy does keep me aware of how quickly the world is changing. So, um, well, thank you for the attention and all of that. Um, chat, we are going to wrap this up. If you managed to get this far on the podcast and still not realize that this is a re-recording, well, then you'll you'll, you'll now understand... <laughs> This is a pre-recording. Sorry, not a re-recording. Well, it is. It's a pre-recorded re-recording of a snipped up, cut up, oh, <laughs> recomposited, regurgitated. Someone's going to be listening to this and say, wait, so are they in the past recording for the future from the past? <laughs> we all took time machines. Um, so, yeah, chat, our love to you. We'll be back for a live show the next one around. Um, if you're feeling blue, at least you can say, you know, nice things about Adam and chat and naughty things about Rowdy, please. Uh, oh, His turn. Uh, for love now. Him. Love yeah, naughty. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the F Reality podcast, it runs in two week chunks of wonder every other Saturday on YouTube and Twitch. Uh, this cast goes live at 10 a.m. Pacific, 11 p.m. Eastern and 6 p.m. in the U.K., uh, for our listeners out there who don't need to see us to love us, uh, keen and lazy alike, uh, we have SoundCloud, Spotify, and iTunes. Heck yeah. Uh, if this was good for you, then it was good for us too. Thank you for being a cool audience, uh, for sticking tuned to F-Reality, and um, we'll definitely catch you on the, the next one. This was maybe the shortest podcast ever. Maybe. Uh, no, um, no, it's pretty long. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see once you once you cut all the fat out, you know. Okay, so, all uh, good. Sure, sure. All right, crew, let's bow out and take our leave.